0: What do you think of when I say Scrappy First Draft? You probably think of a paper you had to write in high school, or perhaps a book you started. Today, I get to speak with a USA Today best-selling author who published her first book on the eve of turning 50. She has a book for authors, A Mindset, with the title Scrappy First Draft. In today's conversation, though, we managed to apply this way of thinking to even more things. Welcome to The Grit Show, growth on purpose. We're glad you found us. I'm Shauna Rodriguez, and I'm honored to be joining you on today's journey as part of this community, growing together as seekers and thrivers. Donna Barker has spent the majority of her 30 year career as a self-employed communications expert, supporting progressive not-for-profit organizations in Canada She's also worked as a small business mentor on contract with Canada's largest credit union, coaching dozens of aspiring entrepreneurs, helping them write business plans and cash flow projections to attain small business loans. She also has an alter ego, Danica Bloom. That's where the USA Today bestselling romance author comes in. Today, she blends her communications and business background with her passion for working with romance authors. And that is what we talk about more today. Author Ever After is Danica's online community that helps other romance authors turn their writing hobby into an income generating business, creating happily ever afters. We mostly call her Donna in today's conversation, but sometimes just for fun, we'll add in that Danica Bloom. Welcome to the show, Donna. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you so much, Shauna. It's funny, I, I, um, one of the one of the very first emails that i send to readers who sign up for my author list is has got the subject line uh, i use their first name and it says if that's really your name and mm-hmm. i explain how i use a pen name as a romance <laughs> author and why i use a pen name as a romance author and i cannot tell you how many people write back and say actually it's not my real name and then they'll tell me their stories about why they use fake <laughs> names it's fun it's so fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is really fun. I think that's great. I think that sometimes I think that people are confused about
1: ri- why writers use pen names.
0: Do you want to help people understand why are,
1: do writers use pen there names? There are lots of reasons. Some do it because, for instance, uh, I work with one romance author who is works in, in advertising and she has clients and she doesn't want her clients to know who she is because that is it just it, it's not a good fit for the type of work mm-hmm. that she does in her career. Uh, For me, I'm really, so nobody knows. Like we as romance authors don't know what her real name is and her clients don't know what her romance name is. So she's really, really careful about keeping the two distinct. Yeah. Myself, I'm Donna, I'm Danica. I have books published under both. And that is a really good reason why authors have more than one name, more than one pen name and or their real name and a pen name. Because when you're marketing books, they get, so if I have a nonfiction book as Donna called Scrappy Rough mm-hmm. Draft, and if people are looking at that and then seeing a bunch of steamy romance, it's going to mess up the algorithms. It's a marketing mm-hmm. thing, right? So mm-hmm. as Donna, I write nonfiction and that is my, the world that I worked in, um, as a, as a consultant to nonprofit organizations. But as a steamy romance author, I am Danica and it's, it's a, it's a strategy that just helps keep the two businesses clean. Um, but when I'm talking to people, they know that I'm both. But machines can't know that I'm both. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, the machines have to be kept in the dark. Yeah, I mean she's get easily confused.
0: And that's something so I don't think I've ever talked about this on my podcast. But so I do have a book beyond the pear blossoms, which is written as women's fiction. And that is written with my name, Shauna Rodriguez. And then I do have a series that is written with my um pen name, and my pen name is Avery Lawrence. And the Lawrence is my fiancé's last name is Lawrence. And when we get married, I, I'm going to keep my name because I've worked darn hard for it and have a lot under it. But my pen name is his last name. So it's so cute because he takes he's taken the book to work and talks at work uh-huh. all the time about my pen name. And my stuff is small town, sweet romance, very sweet stuff with a cute dog that he loves named Boots. But um, So he'll talk about, about that. And it's so cute that he talks about it so much at work. And, again, it's very much like you said, like the brand difference because – Women's fiction does not have the the sweet, happy endings yeah. that small town sweet romance does. And so again, we don't want people getting confused when they're looking for one or the other and the computers and the algorithms. And so that's the reason why there's two different names on it. But it's so cute how much he gravitates towards that. the one that has his last name. I love, love, love
1: that <laughs> on it. My husband yes. has not read anything that I've written. Really, not a word. No, he has no interest in reading my books. (laughs) That's so cute. So
0: my fiance, he read um beyond the pear blossoms, which is women's fiction. So it's very much about the emotional journey. It's very a little heavier, a little emotional, whatever else. Yeah, and um. He's not, that's not his thing. Like he loves to read, but that's not his thing. But he read it because he loves me and he did that for me. But um, the other one, I didn't expect him to like at all and he actually loves it. And he's like, well, it's kind of like romantic comedy. It's very sweet, it's very cute. And so he actually likes that one, which surprised me. I didn't expect that well, at all. You know
1: what? I'm not surprised only because I have had this experience in my in my real life, in my Donna community, like a, literally mm-hmm. a small town in, in British Columbia, a little village mm-hmm. of like 200 people. I know almost everybody and they're really supportive and friendly people. And a number of them have bought and read at least my first romance because it takes place in a town that is very much like my village. And Mm -hmm. the number of times they've said, I don't read romance. And then they get to the end and they'll say, wow, I'm really surprised. That was just a really good story. And it happened to have this romance in it, right? Like, romance yeah. is just a good story that has love as kind of the core driver and isn't that what life is too you know so, yeah so when people say you know oh I don't read romance I think well it's just because you haven't read romance yet if you gave it a chance you'd probably find that it's not diss- dissimilar to other stories that you read so
0: yes yeah maybe. well the story my story opens like with a a fire happening and <gasps> action and all that yeah. type of stuff too so you know what i mean so it's got a little action in there too so maybe that's and there's like a little town like event a little town fair and stuff so who knows maybe that's maybe that's part of it but it has a little bit of those things i too. love that but yes yeah but that's the reason why i tell people that it's kind of like like there's ann taylor and there's loft and they're both the same they just have a different name so you can tell the difference when you go shopping exactly thing you're looking for.
1: exactly
0: yeah so yes yeah, that's not where I expected to start, but that's like an important, <laughs> an important little tidbit for us to get on the side. So a large part of our conversation today, I hope, just to kind of touch on that you had some exciting transitions through your life at different ages and stages. Mm-hmm. And I would love to kind of start with like your original transition of your first, My novel first novel and you publishing it on the eve of turning fifty and kind of where you were at that stage in life. Oh yeah.
1: It was literally it almost literally was the eve. It was two weeks before I turned fifty. I published my first which I had started writing the year I turned 40 so it took 10 years and the story behind that was uh, my dad so I wrote so I wrote this this novel and it ultimately never became a novel because it was my first book and first books are Mm -hmm. often um they're learning right it's Mm -hmm. you know we we, we don't need to share those in the world but over the course of the decade I took that story and I massaged it and I worked it and I came up with another story there's an expression called uh, writing from the scar not the wound and that Mm. first draft was written right after my husband of 15 years decided that he was in love with a different woman so I wrote this like It was called Drinking Scotch with Strangers, and it was very much writing from the bloody wound of having been left. And so over time in my healing, I was able to take that experience and rewrite it as a a humorous book, women's fiction, paranormal, called uh, Mother Teresa's Advice for Jilted Lovers, in which every man dies. But it's funny because (laughs) I'm writing from the scar instead of the oozy gooey wound. Mm-hmm. You could find the humor I, then. Exactly. I could find the humor in it. But I started working on that one because my dad was diagnosed with terminal cancer and he had had this desire to write a book that he had never fulfilled. And since I had Mm -hmm. written one and I was a writer, like a technical writer for my whole career, I said, all right, why don't we write our books together? So he and I became Mm -hmm. accountability buddies. And every Mm -hmm. week we would share chapters. We would send them back and forth. He was reading my paranormal women's fiction and just like, (laughs) like questioning how he could have had a child who had such murderous intent towards men. (laughs) So, and then I was reading this story that he wrote, which was kind of a Clive Cussler, James Patterson, like, thriller. Uh-huh. And I'm like, uh-huh. okay, like, Prime Minister of Canada, you better be careful because I think my dad's coming for you, right? <laughs> like, anyway, it was so much, so much fun. And Aww. we finished our drafts almost at the same time. I had written about 60,000 words. He had written almost 100,000 words. And and then he got too sick to carry on writing. And we both put our books aside and time passed. Mm. And I stopped. Like I, I, I had had this goal of, of being published author. And I realized I wanted to be a published author by the time I was 50 and I picked it up again and thought, you know, like dad would not be impressed that I just let this sit here and Mm -hmm. I'm almost 50. And for goodness sake, I've been doing this for like 10 years. So Mm -hmm. I was afraid, I really was afraid that people would read the book, not like the book and by extension, not like me, right? Like there was definitely Mm. that fear of being judged and so on. So anyway, ultimately, I just had to swallow it. And it was, there's a, there's a freedom that comes. I have to tell you, there's a freedom that that for me has come with every 10-year decade, right? Like turning 30, yeah. I had my my son, and suddenly like I felt like an adult at 30. In my 20s, yeah. I didn't feel like an adult. I was still a kid. I was a kid pretending, right? I was a married kid yeah. pretending. And then 40 was another transition where turning 40 and being a single mom all of a sudden, as of turning yeah. 40. It was another transition age where I grew into a new version of myself. And in terms of my career, I guess I started to feel more confidence. And then 50 mm-hmm. was kind of like, all right, who cares if people like me or not? I am who I am. I'm not changing mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to be me now. And it was hugely freeing. I tell you, like, I don't know why people get afraid to turn 50. For, for my experience, it was like, what was the best Decade change of my life so far. I'm not sure if 60 is going to be so great because I'm looking at the wrinkles now and going, oh, maybe <laughs> we go back to 50. I was really liking that. <laughs> <laughs> now you're going to be thrilled oh, with it too. It's just going
0: to be like 50. Like, before you get there, you're a little nervous. Yeah. Once you hit it, you're going to be like, oh no, this is awesome. And I, yeah, we're going with exactly.
1: That. And I can't, I can't even imagine what it's going to be. But it, yeah, it, I, I think you're right. It's going to be awesome. I just don't know what it's going to be yet.
0: Yes, which is mindset. Which
1: you have a book about mindset. I do, I do. Tell us about your book about mindset, Donna. So, scrappy rough draft, and I is I'm going to read because I, I can never remember the long ass subtitle on it. It's <laughs> use science to strategically motivate yourself and finish writing your book. So, this was something when I was working on my my uh, the the book Mother Teresa's Advice for Jilted Lovers. I joined a, a writers community. At that, like mm-hmm. I don't know, um, probably four years before it actually published. So, when I was in my mid forties, and it was a romance writers group. Even though I, this story wasn't romance, they were the only writing mm-hmm. group in town, and so they really supported me in having courage and and also learning the craft. And one of the things that uh, one of the books that everybody says you should read is um, a book by Anne Lamott, and in that book she talks about I hope it does it's okay to swear your shitty first draft so that is Mm -hmm. and authors talk about writing their shitty first draft and I was like I did a I did a program I, I did a course for aspiring writers back before I wrote this book, after I had published my book and before writing this one. And in that course, I was referring to Anne Lamott and saying, like, don't get stressed about your first draft. It's not meant to be good. And and I called it a shitty first draft. And I got taken raked over the coals, as it were, by an English second language writer who took it literally. And she said she was going to quit the program. Right. She was she was like so upset and it got me thinking, and we had conversations, and I was like, no, 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 it's it's a metaphor, it's a saying that we use in English, you see, but it's terrible, it makes me feel like I should just flush this away, it makes me feel like I am a bad writer, and I started thinking about it, I thought, you know, it kind of makes me feel like a bad writer too, to refer to my yeah, own writing yeah. that way, Yeah. so I started doing a lot of research, because I am, I you know, in a in another life, if I had had more money to go to school and do master's degrees, I would have done another degree in in psychology. But so I do that on my own, my my own personal psychology degree. And I mm-hmm. figured, I like I, I I figured out all of the all of the science, the neuroscience, the the social science around mindset. And we're writers; words are so important to us, right? Like we take so yeah. much time to write yeah. the right word in our stories. Why were we using this language? Well, because Anne Lamott said it, but I think it was misguided, my personal opinion. Yeah. Which, you
0: know. No, <laughs> yeah. so I completely agree with you. Scrappy first draft is a much better way to say it. And I like it because scrappy yeah. is a term
1: that... It means
0: you're trying and well, you're, you've got the oomph behind it and you're going to get there.
1: Yeah, well, it's so funny. So yes, for me, Scrappy is like, and when I think of Scrappy, Scrappy Rough Draft for me is like Scrappy-Doo, the little, in Scooby-Doo, the little tiny, the puppy who you back him into a corner and he comes out fighting. Like that's the image I see. And mm-hmm. and one of the exercises, the very first exercise in my book is find the right name for your book. Stop calling it a shitty first draft. Call it if you're writing Uh, a story about uh, kids like if if it's kids book and it's about a witch a child witch or something call it you know a magical first draft like find the right Mm. name for it so that when you're thinking of it and when you're referring to it like oh yeah I'm working on my my draft with when you're referring to it with other writers you're using a word that actually brings you joy and makes you feel happy about it so I love that that's that was that was that. And yeah, it's, it's been translated to Korean. Like, I cannot tell you how exciting that is that, you know, there might be K-drama written that my book (laughs) influenced, like, "Ah." so yeah, really exciting to have, to have that. That is so
0: exciting. And Mike, you kind of found a niche with mindset and writers, because that is an area where mindset where readers... Sorry, we writers need a lot of support. So tell me, you have this new great project around this. Tell me about your new project around mindset and supporting Thank you. Um,
1: writers. Well, yeah. So it's called Author Ever After. And it's a, it's a community that's specifically for romance authors. Um, mm-hmm. And w- so for five years now, I've been running masterminds for authors. Every, every mm-hmm. week we meet and it's all around accountability and motivation and setting goals that bring you joy and celebrating Mm -hmm. all of the small wins, because writing a book takes so much time. And, you know, statistically speaking, people's first books take typically between five and 10 years from the time they start Mm -hmm. writing. And if you're sitting on your own, you don't realize that I cannot tell you how many writers will say, "Oh, I've been working on this so long, and they lose confidence, and they lose momentum. And they think that it's taking too long. But that is just mm-hmm. the reality of those first books often. So, mm-hmm. but romance authors, so I've been doing this with, with genre authors and memoir writers and hundreds, hundreds of authors who have gone from draft to many of them are now published, which is really exciting. But it's the romance authors who bring me the most joy. So mm-hmm. I I don't know. I just love working. There's a, there's a, I don't know what it is. It's just a, there's there's nothing earnest, I guess, at least the community that I attract. There's this playfulness with romance authors and this desire to experiment that just brings me a whole lot of pleasure. So I mm. have decided, you know, after working with all the different authors that where I really, really want to niche down and focus is supporting specifically romance authors and getting their first books out. And and turning those books into into money because almost every romance author i know is like i want to make money doing this i want to it's a sad thing i want to quit my job because i love doing this mm-hmm. so much but i need to make money at it so it's yeah it's finding that those people that I can truly support because I can't support a, a memoir writer. I'm not the person to support a memoir writer to become an income earning memoir writer. There are lots yeah. of people who, but I can support a romance author to become an income earning romance author because I understand how the romance industry works. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. No, that's the important thing of knowing what, what your place is and what you've learned and sharing that knowledge. You found a definite path for that. Yeah. And it's tiny.
1: I mean, it's tiny niche, right? It's a very specific niche, but it's uh yeah and anyway yes yes it is i will stop talking now
0: (laughs) (laughs) you're supposed to be talking that's why you're here and you also have this exciting new thing with like text messages and voice
1: messages you can send to your community tell us about that Uh, it's called spark your romance and it's this, Mm -hmm. this it's this coolest new technology where you sign up for this program. It's a challenge, a 21-day challenge. And every day, I will, with my dulcet tones, give you a challenge <laughs> to uh, address your mindset and give you confidence and courage and cheer you on so you fall in love with the story that you're working on. And uh, follow it up with a text message to say, "Hey, did you do the homework?" And then you'll text me back and say, "You know, the special word." And I'll say, "Yay, good for you!" And you know, you got this. And Maybe give you another little piece of homework. So every day for 21 days, and then at the end of it, the the intention is that you've reconnected with your story and and you love it, and you just you know you you get your momentum and want to stick with writing those those characters that have been speaking to you or stop talking oh, to you. No, <laughs>
0: that is so wonderful. That accountability and just having not feeling alone in that oh, journey, I think, is really valuable. I'm it sure it really is. Yeah, yeah. That's wonderful. And you and I got to chat a little bit about, like, this concept of Scrappy First Draft and how it kind of applies to our own lives and figuring out, like... Where are purposes and how purpose can evolve and like finding, like growing into where you want to be. Can you talk a little bit about your iterations of, I mean, you've been a USA Today bestselling romance author of spicy romantic comedies under Danica Bloom, and then you're finding your way into doing this amazing work with other authors. Can you talk a little bit about your path of how Ooh. you kind of changed in different iterations and used all your skills from all your different work
1: to come together? Yeah, yeah it's Uh, it's funny, and now it is finally coming together. So I started off doing a degree in communications thinking I was going to be a documentary filmmaker. Because social justice is kind of my thing. And Mm -hmm. it's where my heart is. But I could never find the – and I've made documentary films, and they've been in festivals. And as a career, it it was a tough career to do as a mom um, and hard to Mm -hmm. make money. But the social justice piece was there kind of holding that up. So I worked in progressive nonprofits doing communications and community building. And I did that for over oh, 20 years. And in the last, well, actually over 30 years now, um, in the last... <laughs> 15 years or so, I started working with a credit union and credit unions, I don't know if it's the same down in the States, but up here in Canada, Canada's largest credit union is huge in social justice movements. And so I was working with taking my skills and working with entrepreneurs with disabilities to help them launch businesses and writing their business plans and doing their cash flow. So the credit union would say, this person has a really great idea, but it's not, we can't give them a loan because their business plan and their cash flow aren't adequate so can you work with them for 10 to 15 hours and help them get that figured out so I did that for a number of years and I love it Um, I love all the work all the clients that I've worked with but none of them were my thing right like Mm -hmm. it's one thing to support those people and those causes but they weren't the ones that made me wake up in the morning and go this is my cause this is the thing I want to." I want to see succeed that you resonate exactly. Yeah. So that, that yeah, my purpose. So my purpose is to be certainly absolutely to be helpful and to community build, but with whom, and it wasn't until I fell into the crowd of romance authors (laughs) that I realized, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I've finally found my people. So in terms of, you know, like that growth, it was perhaps circuitous, but it definitely brought me to the place where I am now with the, the confidence in myself and the skills and the experience to be as helpful as I can to authors who want to be earning income because I've got the business background. I've been mm-hmm. self-employed for over 20 years. I have got a career as a romance author. So it all came together. You know, it's, Looking at it on paper, you'd think, How do those things work together? Helping entrepreneurs with disabilities and then writing steamy romance. They do, they just do. <laughs> That's all I can say. Um, yeah. so yes, it's kind yeah. of a scrappy, my life as a scrappy, rough draft. Uh, and and I love uh-huh. that now you've put this this bug in my ear that what what 60 going to bring. I'm thinking, oh, I wonder what 60. So maybe I'm still scrappy, rough draft. Maybe we always are scrappy, rough until you know. And yeah, we are not constantly,
0: yeah, constantly adding different layers. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's an important piece that as people are in stages of their life and they're like, "This isn't quite where I want to be. Like, this isn't the f- the future. Isn't where I want to be. Like, as I look out ten years, this isn't where I want to be. That you don't have to like trash everything you already have. It's it's the first draft. Like you can build on this. You can take what's best from this. Take what you love from yes. this and keep going. With Growth it. on purpose. And I take what's
1: best. Yes, and yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It all comes together. It all
0: comes together. And I think that that's an important piece we all have from this. That you can take, like you know, if you're a stay-at-home mom and it's coming to a point where your kids are flying the nest. Like, what did you love about being a stay-at-home mom? Did you love running around to all of the different events? Is that something you loved? Because some moms don't yeah, like yeah, that at all. all. Some love it. Like, did you love throwing the parties? Did you love getting to have quality time with your kids in these deep conversations about what they needed to do and wanted to do? Did you help teaching and guide them? Like, what did you love about it? So it's not that, you know, you, you lost your purpose because your purpose is being a mom. No, your purpose is in the different things you loved about being a mom full-time and how can you take those? How can you take, you know, working with business plans for folks that had disabilities and how can you take that and then skill stack it on something else you love, which is writing steamy comedic romances and and build that together to find like your next iteration Mm -hmm. and get you closer to that. So I think that There's beautiful things to be taken from this and that everyone can kind of learn and look at their life. And as they're looking at transitions about how they can take the best, take what was in that last draft and take it with them
1: to even prove it even more. I love this this concept of stacking. That's really, I've Mm -hmm. not heard that before. I love it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. somebody, somebody, Another guest we had, like he was talking about how he did different things. I'm like, that's exactly what this is. Taking all these skills and just like, yeah. and magically we can find the ways they bring it together. So I think that that's going to be, that's going to be part of our takeaway for our guest, for our audience today. It's like, how can we stack all of our skills, yeah. pay attention to all of our strengths? Because we got some in there. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. That's so exciting. Well, good. I'm. I'm so
1: glad you're here today. I, I'm this delighted. A very
0: exciting conversation. I, I know it's good stuff. It's. Uh.
1: It's. Thank you. I. I. Um. I've been listening to your podcast since it launched, and uh, <laughs> it's. It's one of those. I don't know. It's not. I can't say a dream, but when. Uh, when I approached you and thought, hey, can I can I maybe talk to you about some stuff? And you said yes. It was like this is next level. I I'm kind of losing my words right now. I'm sorry, but it's like this is purpose with a purpose. I guess I don't know if that makes any (laughs) sense. Right? Like, there's everybody needs some sort of validation. I guess that's what it is. It's validation Mm -hmm. that I'm not crazy.
0: No, you're not crazy. You're not crazy. You may have like a dual identity thing going on, on, but you're not crazy. You
1: may have a dual identity thing going on. Yes.
0: Yes, exactly. But you're not diagnosable with that. No. It's, it's intentional. No. We want you to have the dual yes. identity. They're both very positive parts of you. <laughs> we love it. We love it. That's wonderful. Well, let's talk about self-care because we love talking uh, yes. about self-care here. What do you do to take care of yourself, Donna?
1: I have to say, so I'm at that lovely stage of life where my hormones are deciding that they're going to try new tricks, and uh, yeah, it was really great. Which means I don't sleep really well anymore. I fall mm. asleep without any problem. So, in terms of self care, I think for me the most important thing that I have started doing in the last three years is taking, There's no clock in our bedroom anymore because I wake up mm. in the in the middle of the night and. My self-care is to use that time without judgment and without stress and to be my creative, not like, you know, when, when, when you just wake up, you don't have that that voice that tells you um, all your shoulds and the voice that tries to shut down mm-hmm. common, like the, the common sense voice, right? So my self-care really is taking that time in the middle of the night that I will inevitably wake up and spend whatever it is, an hour, sometimes more and play Ooh. the what if game with my creativity. Ooh. So I, you know, two three in the morning is I don't turn on the light. I cannot stand light in the middle of the dark. I keep my eyes closed. Yes. But I have a, last night I had a conversation with you, Shauna. <laughs> was, How was it, it? Fa- it was better than this one. I, I was so clever. I was amusing. <laughs> you laughed so hard. Anyway. I am laughing hard. <laughs> that part was true. Yeah. So that that is myself here. It's not judging what my body is just naturally doing and it's accepting it and allowing it to to do its thing through this next stage and hopefully hopefully by the time I'm 60 it will have learned how to sleep again properly through the night but until then it's uh yeah it's using those those hours that other people are sleeping and and being creative in my mind in my mind and it it, it bubbles up the next day right
0: Yes. No, that's wonderful. I love like that lack of judgment and just knowing this is going to happen and I'm going to make use of it the best way that I know how. And I love that you don't turn the lights oh that'll, my that'll God. keep
1: you up the rest of the day. <laughs> Horrible. And my husband, he, he's, got, he's got the same thing going on with insomnia, but he gets up and he watches movies and I'm like, I don't even know how you can do that. Like how? <laughs> anyway, we're very different that way.
0: So. Very different that way. Yeah. Well, good. Well, we have, um, Dr. Robin, Dr. Robin Miller is one of our episodes, and I'm thinking she's coming out sometime in mid October, so I'm not sure where. Timing will be with this, your episode, but you should listen to her episode because we actually well, talk about hormones. It's one of the things we talk about on that episode. So you should definitely. Yes, yeah, she has a book that's coming out that I think you'll enjoy. So, um, you should definitely check out that episode because we might give you some more tips I'm and tricks sure and pointers will. around all those I'm sure things. You will. Yes, she's great. That's wonderful. So great! I like your self care. I think part of it is just being gentle with yourself it and is. knowing where you're at and working and with accepting. It. That's
1: right, accepting that that is where I am now in this stage, in this in this season, as it were, Shauna. <laughs>
0: This season, yes, because we have so many seasons. Yes, we do. Wonderful. And you might be aware of this, but I give all I my guests a coloring book. I want mermaid. <laughs> I want mermaid. I want mermaid. She <knows. laughs> She wants the mermaid. She gets the mermaid. She gets the Vintage Mermaid in Magnificent Ocean. Yes. So you will get the color of grit, Vintage Mermaid in Magnificent Ocean. And for my Canadian friends, I've had a couple of Canadian friends uh-huh. on this show. It's kind of fun. We are fun, Yeah, are we? I think you guys... Yeah, I think you might be most represented outside of the states because I've only had a, like one from Australia and one from the UK so far. So I think that you guys are represented represent- in Canada. And every time, every time you guys come on, I hear something about a social program with credit unions Aww. or the fact there's no interest on student loans, and I'm just like, you guys, like I might have to move. I wish the weather was a little less
1: cold. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You got some cool stuff going well, on some up in Canada. Cool stuff going on, yeah. Yeah, you do. Mm -hmm. I like it. I like it. Well, good. We'll definitely get that to you. But what I do is I send you um, a downloadable version of it. So Uh, That means I can make mistakes.
1: I can color outside of the lines and I can do it again. I I Exactly. Exactly. Bonus. Nice bonus. I like Mm -hmm. that. Wonderful. And so for all
0: of our friends that are listening, like, what do you think that our takeaway should be for all of them? What should be their thing that they walk away and, and add to their life tomorrow? Should we have them work on your self-care technique of looking at their life and not judging whatever they're doing with it? Or should we give them something around possibly the skills that they have and looking at the skills and how they can add it to their
1: next um, draft? What do we think? Because I'm married to a man who spent an entire career doing a job he did not love. And now after Mm -hmm. retirement, is, Mm -hmm. has taken on, he, he did six months with no work and then he got a job working part time doing the thing that he always wished he was doing Aww. i think which is woodworking he went from a government bureaucrat working in litigation to being a woodworker oh. and so Aww. i think the takeaway should be look at the things you love and at that next opportunity in your life when you can do a transition be ready to transition into that thing that you love because it truly my husband is 60 it's not too late to become a construction worker, apparently, because, <laughs> because there he is. I tell you, the guy is sore when he gets home from work, but he uh, loves it. He loves it. So, you know, thinking of, of yes. these milestones again, you know, my mine yes. happened to be on the decade. Uh, many people do have, you know, their decade crises. I prefer to think of those decades not as a crisis moment, but as an opportunity to make a conscious change to something that is what, you know, we're now ready to take on. So that would be where I would ask them to focus. I love it. I love it.
0: So start really thinking about those things that your skills and your Want, and the things that you want to do that light you up your yeah, passions your passion your purpose all these things together yeah. you can find that and to start looking around for those clues those little tidbits of what you love about the things because there's lots of things we don't love about our lives but there's lots of things we do love and so to find those things that you do love and try to think of those when you wake up in the middle of the night you can start percolating yeah. about the different ways how that they can kind I bring of that? go together mm-hmm.
1: how can i bring those in
0: yeah. Yes. Find that way. I love it. So, okay, everyone, that's your plan from today is to go start thinking about those things and how you can inter- integrate them into your next transition. Great. Those transitions happen. You will. just never know when they're going to be and what they're going to be. But if you're looking for them. Oh, and if you're ready the for them. Step. If you're ready for them. Ready yeah. for them. Get ready for them. You start opening those doors. I like it. I like it a lot. Well, good. Well, let's tell folks, so that wonderful text messaging um, program that you have that you mentioned, you even have a discount code I do for, for folks you. that are listening because you're amazing. So tell us about how to get hooked up with that and then tell us how to find you in general.
1: Okay. So I guess there'll be a link in the show notes for... There yeah. will be. Yes. So it'll, it'll be an author ever after. And then um, when you use the, the code GRIT you will get 15% off and you get to have mm-hmm. this conversation with me for 21 days. <laughs> um, Yay! And I love it. And then uh, the other places you can find me, you can find me on Amazon just as Danica Bloom, uh, Danica with a K. And that's where, if you're interested in reading spicy romance uh, I was thinking uh, anyway, I was, I was, I was recently having to rewrite my bio and Mm -hmm. what occurred to me was see i only have one child um i Mm -hmm. always wanted to be you know the mom in the partridge family or the brady bunch and have all kinds of kids that was always my dream when i was a teenager but body just said nope you're gonna have one and uh so i rewrote my bio and just was like as you know as a mom of one who always wanted to be you know jan not jan brady but the mom brady uh I write steamy romance about bands of brothers. And then I was like, oh, that's kind of creepy, isn't it? Like mom writing about all of her sexy sons. <laughs> but I kept it because I thought that's kind of funny. <laughs> anyway. Yes. We're going to anyway, go with funny. We'll go. It's amusing. It's also kind of creepy. But anyway, but it's that's rom-com. <laughs> it, it works. Um, that's so, rom-com. So, so yes. Amazon.com is probably the best place to find. And there's, of course, DanicaBloom.com. But... Uh, that's nice and easy. Yeah. Yes, yes. You like big families. I so you like big families. Love, so love found families. That's what my my son, my one son, did. Is he created his found family? Yeah.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. I love yeah. it. Well, good. Well, yes. That's how to find her. And if you do, I want to hear about your experience with this wonderful new technology of getting to get text messages and voice messages. If somebody checks that out send me a DM too, because I want to hear yeah. about it. Yeah. Because that sounds like it's fun. a lot, a lot yes. of
1: fun. Yes. Yes. All right. Yes. Wonderful. Thank well, thank you. you so much for being here Shauna, this was
0: a ton of fun and thank you yes you're delightful this has been great so for everyone out there be sure to stop by um, thegritshow.com that's where you can get your copy of coloring pages that you can download so you can work on your self-care because we know that's important and as you know you are the only one of you that's out there and that really does need something we'll talk
1: to you again next week take care